0: Welcome to You Can't Kill Me, every Slipknot song one by one. We are Chris Knee and Dave Musson and we're here today to talk about our favourite Slipknot song, The Devil in Eye. Hello Dave. Hello
1: Chris. Yeah, our favourite Slipknot song. Our favourite
0: Slipknot song. Before we get to that, um, we're a few episodes in now. Yeah. Uh, We introduce the first one by talking about who we are, what we are as Slipknot fans. I've met one member of Slipknot.
1: Yeah. You've met more. I have yeah so as I mentioned in previous episodes I was on the Roadrunner street team um, and basically it was free labor for Roadrunner Records but it was done with a lot of love Um, got a bunch of metal crazy teenagers sent them loads of stickers and flyers and stuff and promo stuff to give out and you were tasked with going out and doing promo wherever you could and um you were strongly encouraged to document what you did and send it back in and if you were a good street teamer you'd get rewards so you might I remember I got a promo copy of uh, Ascendancy by Trivium yeah. um but one of the big rewards was getting to meet Roadrunner bands either before or after shows and obviously at the sort of turn of the noughties, the band everyone wanted to meet was Slipknot because you got to meet them without masks and everything. Mm. So after the Iowa show that I saw in two thousand and two, uh I was part of the small group that was on the list to meet Slipknot. So yeah, I think I think I can say I've technic I've been in the same room as the entire band. Craig was there for the whole time, but nobody introduced him and he didn't introduce himself. So I didn't actually meet him properly. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I've got photos of of me with Corey, Mick, Jim, Joey, Paul, and they're all doing the classics that I think of putting their hand over their face. Um, I don't actually remember Sid, so I don't know if he was there or not, but certainly everyone apart from. Apart from Craig and Sid, I definitely actually met yeah. and talked to. So, which member have you met?
0: Uh, I met Joey okay. at a Murder Doll signing. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I've met Wednesday Thirteen as well. Come nice, on. Nice. Nice. Um,
1: my my favourite actually was, was chatting to Mick and Jim because I was really nervous about meeting them because they're the guitar players and I was, yeah I was, I'm a guitar player myself, but they just loved talking guitars and I am um, my dad as a as a bit of a joke had said oh here's something they'll never seen before because they'll always get people asking for one of their plectrums why don't you take one of your plectrums and give him one of your plectrums they'll love that they'll love that they will so i was sort of thinking yeah all right dad i'll see i'll see about that and i ended up taking one of my plectrums in and i showed it to mick and he was like oh that's yeah we use a totally different one and he pulled one out of his pocket he's like we use this and this tiny little jazz plectrum yeah i said oh cool that's interesting He's like, you can have it so i've got a plectrum that was handed to me by mick thompson which is a thrill
0: i'd like to meet sid Uh, he's he's a cool dude yeah they used to say
1: yeah yeah i kind of i i he's the one i wish we'd actually sort of had conversations with because i think he'd he'd be an interesting character but i almost would rather meet sid in 2019 than sid in 2002 actually Uh, in 2002 like the excitement of like you knew when Corey taylor walked into the room he was not quiet about it um i remember being shocked at how short he was um and also conversely how fucking huge mick and jim were <laughs> but yeah it was uh, it was a very pleasant very pleasant evening
0: yeah jim is a big
1: boy so's Nick he's terrifying but yeah they're all lovely men
0: good glad to hear it yeah i think sid's it's got such a sort of swagger outside slipknot mm-hmm that I, th- I think you would be quite a good bloke to chat with and, and yeah. sort of see what, what else he's all about because yeah. he's got all this other stuff going on, I suppose they all have now. Um, right, let's get into The Devil in and I, Dave. The idea of, of what we're doing here is very simple. We, we're picking one Slipknot song per episode and we're going to have a look at it, put it under the microscope a little bit and we're going to uh, alternate our choices episode to episode. You have delved into point 0.5 The Grey Chapter for the second time that we've done it. Yeah, in this um, series, yeah. And you've chosen The Devil and I
1: why so i think i've gone with it because so i was really in on negative one which was the first thing they released off of 0.5 and i remember really liking devil in i on first listen, and then almost forgetting about it a bit um and again i just i just feel like it's a an interesting starting point on the the great this this is where the great chapter machine really kicked in you know the video Mm. that we'll talk about later was the mask reveal um and that's always exciting but this off the back of negative one this was a song that was like the second and third time i heard it it was the first time where i wasn't as excited about a new slipknot album as i had been previously because there was just just something about this song that I found a bit frustrating in that parts of it absolutely fly and parts of it really feel like they lose some momentum a bit so I just thought it'd be interesting to throw in early on and I thought certainly from in terms of how I'm scoring and ranking them I thought I should probably throw in one that's going to be a bit lower than just <laughs> oh my god this is amazing I love it so uh,
0: yeah yeah it's it's got a really interesting place in Slipknot's history hasn't it because it's as you say it's the first um Band fronted single of the post Paul post Joey era. Yep, new masks, new album coming in, um, and another one of these songs on on the Grey Chapter that is divisive because of the um, overall approach and the clean vocal. The clean vocals on on this song, for me parts of this song are closer to the stone sour thing we've spoken about in previous episodes than even kill pop
1: yeah I was, this is way more than than it ever comes close to being on kill pop. yeah
0: and yeah i still i still don't hold no any any stock in that that accusation whatsoever but i think it's closer here um that is something that obviously has been put to the band or that the band have become aware of um and in my research, it was clear that, that Jim in particular had had a lot to say about that. Um, and I think he's, he he makes an excellent point, which is that, oh, by the way, uh, Wait and Bleed, My Plague, Snuff, Dead Memories, Duality, <laughs> Corey is and always has been a melodically capable singer. Yeah, um, And the point that, that Jim Root makes is that if he's gifted enough to do it all, why wouldn't you... Allow him to do it all. You know, it doesn't make it a Stone Sour song that that Corey is exploring the the limits of what he can do vocally. It makes for a better Slipknot, I think.
1: That um, makes perfect sense. And just to just to um get our customary reference to Palm Reader in every piece of content that we create. <laughs> I mean, we we interviewed Palm Reader on our other, other podcast at the end of 2018, and we put the change in vocal style on Braille to them. And I think it was Andy who said. You know, we have wanted to do that at the same time. And Josh has got a bloody lovely voice, so why not use it? It's the same thing, isn't it? It, You utilise the skills that that you have got in your band. And as we touched on Kill Pop, yeah, he's singing clean like he does in his other band. But are Stones Howard going to write The Devil in I?
0: Nope. Yeah, this is exactly it, right? And they are Slipknot. And that was the biggest thing that came through in in some of the things that Jim Root has said about this. And what comes at the end of some of those interviews is we're Slipknot and we'll do whatever the fuck we want because we're Slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> so the attitude is still there. Yeah. It might sound nice in parts, but the attitude is absolutely still there. Um it's a song no day it's built on power, groove, and vocal hooks, isn't it? And it's beautifully produced. It's catchy as hell. Mm. It's I think lyrically it's 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 up there as one of the sort of better Slipknot songs. The songwriting, the the craft is is fantastic. It's it's a stadium song with a Slipknot mask on. Yeah, it's a massive rock song that yeah. doesn't make it a Stone Sour song. Um, what's So, you've hinted that you're not going to score it as highly as someone else we've spoken about already. Yeah. What do you like about it?
1: I really like the intro, that chugging riff, and the guitar tone throughout. This is absolutely immense. Like you can you can hear because by the time this album came out, gent had happened and there's a very distinctive guitar tone in gent, that kind of down tuned meshugary sort of Mm. thing that just has an extra level of almost an extra level of Brown note to it. And you can hear slipknot brought that into their production, but it's still got an extra level of crisp to it. And I I just think it really suit. It really suits the vibe of, of gray chapter. Um, really suits the riffs they're playing on this song. But that the tribal build up to it really got me hooked first time. And I that main riff I do really like. Um and I like a lot of the stuff that's going on in the verse as well. I just I I think part of the problem for me is that they feel like pieces of separate songs right. that have almost been shoved together. And it's considering how refined Slipknot songwriting is at this point. I guess it just doesn't feel as 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 connected and as as well organised as some of their other songs. But we're still talking about *Sleep Night*. Here, it's still an absolutely terrific song. I think the chorus is a bit safe for me. I think yeah. It's yeah that that kind of lost me a little bit, and I think it's I think it's longer than it needs to be. The song. And I think the the ending is a bit drawn out. It works. It works for the video, but I think on record, it's it's just like okay, just just let it go now.
0: Yeah, I, the, I had a look at the Blabbermouth review. Right. Yeah, um, which says that the Devil and I chugs out a warbling doom line
1: mm-hmm.
0: at, at the beginning and sets itself onto a morose but tuneful course with moody guitar chimes, dirge loaded bass, and empathetic swills from Corey Taylor. Right. The choruses are a little too safe. Mm. Um, but a massive and quick-stepped breakdown plus a grinding bridge thereafter keeps the song robust and hectic. I think that's kind of fair. I don't know if hectic is, is necessarily how I would describe this song compared to the rest of Slipknot.
1: No. You know. There's just a bit where the drums go a bit mad, aren't they? Yeah. But it's... Yeah.
0: It, but like most metal bands have bits where yeah. it sort of falls apart so they can bring it back together yeah. again. Um. The Quietest album review that we spoke about when we did the Kill Pop episode uh, has kind of put forward The Devil and I as the song that brings together everything that Slipknot is about. And I think that it's true, but I think probably the actual volume of ingredients is a bit off from what I would say is everything together. Yeah. It's got a bit too much of certain things and a bit, less of other things i don't know if it's the song i would have
1: yeah i can see where they're coming from but but to say it's the definitive one i don't i wouldn't agree with that
0: yeah an anthem for their career to date because it has brutality introspection catchiness it does have all those things and all of those things are a big part of the slipknot sound but the percentages are just Then it's not a slipknot mix yeah
1: and you know duality
0: well quite (laughs) um (laughs) The song itself is is a pretty literal um, interpretation of the title, really. Mm. You only need to look at that in order to understand basically everything that there is to understand about the the story behind it. Um, Corey talks about it as, as being about the war inside yourself. Yep. Uh, he says it's about trying not to give in to defeatism, trying not to give in to negativity. It's a struggle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think that, that kind of comes through lyrically. So we've spoken about songs already on this podcast that are defined by a mood are defined by an atmosphere and, and the ability that Slipknot have to tell a story without even the vocals is, is, is pretty extraordinary. This song that uh, reveals itself lyrically, mm. I think. And it's, it's much more mature in its writing. It's telling that story and it's able to get that point across. We spoke about Purity and some of the lyrics on that, which is, you know, it is a part of telling that story, but it's it's not brilliant lyrical writing. No. they straight out of the gate. Undo these chains, my friend, I'll show you the rage off hidden. Brilliant. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it yeah. starts to tell itself through that. You and I wrong or right, traded a life of the leverage. Banging. Uh, you and I can't decide which of us was taken for granted, It'd make amends some of us are destined to be outlived. It's fucking awesome. So the devil and I narrative comes through in the lyrics in what is a very good, but by Slipknot standards, pretty musically ordinary song.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
0: Do you prefer it live? I... There's it a has... moment, isn't there? So when, it, when, when that when the devil and I begins live there's a moment it's
1: I think I get the same experience as I do on record start the song you, you get pumped and, and it feels great and it's it's big and it's it's obnoxious and it's heavy and it's it's got lots of Slipknot about it and then the more it goes on the less interested I become and I I felt that seeing it live as well you know if ever there were if ever there were going to be a point in a modern Slipknot set list if I knew the setlist in advance that so I might nip out and use the facilities, it would probably be Devil in I. Okay, I think it's it's not one of those songs I'm particularly desperate to see them play live.
0: Miss actually. a bit of Pyro if you do that.
1: Well, I can cope. I can cope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, we need to talk about the video with this because oh, we was, really do. Yeah. It was the first uh, the Grey Chapter video, first video that featured the band, but not Paul, not Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, the first with the new masks, Yeah. and also pretty weird
1: pretty weird yeah another sean clown directed one i mean i've got in my notes i think i think the video version of the song is a better version of the song Mm. than the than the audio version but yeah we have this weird scenario where the band are all there and the the performance element of the band are wearing the new masks and you get that you, you get to see what they look like and they're surrounded by these weird spooky faceless people um and Corey shows off his first Pull apart mask with different layers on it, but throughout the video as well, the band are also there in their old masks, and one by one they all kill themselves. Apart from the two new members who get killed by the rest of Slipknot, which is nice. But I mean, I I took I took the time because I take my research seriously for this. I I made studious notes of all of the deaths in this video. I think it's worth going through them because they are quite fun. So Corey and Jim both blow themselves up in different ways um jim's one is quite spectacular his head does a oh
0: he's behind a desk yes yeah
1: no Corey's behind the desk oh, jim, jim right. is with the dynamite oh, um, yes. and each time they die this random figure in red comes and picks up all the pieces literally um so Corey and jim blow themselves up mick just rips himself <laughs> apart he takes his mask off and it's just straight to to muscle and ligaments yep. underneath and he just rips himself apart sid eats himself um, as I say, they, they group murder the two new members who are going around in wheelchairs for the rest of the video. Chris is sort of slowly pecked to death by crows. Um, and Craig's death actually made me laugh because he's meant to be being mauled to death by a dog. But the dog looks so happy to be in a Slipknot <laughs> video, um, which is probably why they just push the elevator down, because you can't see how, how much he's wagging his tail. Um, and Clown not only hangs himself, but he burns himself as well. To mm. so just just to make sure yeah cuz uh, it would yeah yeah and he is wearing his most evil of masks as well he's wearing his Iowa mask which is the the weird one yeah but it's just it's everything you want from a slipknot video isn't it it's it's really disturbing it's bloody it's probably so bloody that it can only be shown after certain times
0: yeah
1: obviously youtube aside but it's a really cool video as well and you get to see the new masks and it's it's one of those ones that that makes you get excited about the slipknot hype machine being back in motion
0: yeah, it is it is very stylish, as you would expect from Slipknot at this point in time. And I think, obviously, the story is pretty intense, but the, the performance parts are really strong on this mm. as well. The, the the group performance parts, in particular, with the new mask, is, is
1: excellent. And how cool does Jay's drum kit look in this video?
0: Ooh. You can't be cool. If you're going to be a Slipknot drummer, you're going to yeah. have a cool kit, aren't you? Um, so they're in what I assume is supposed to be an Asylum. With a crow, obviously, that, yeah, like then comes back and, and, and does its business later on, on that kind of business. Um, but again, when I first, I didn't list them out, I just said, uh, white coats, red cloaks, straight jackets, plenty of gore, lots of death of the devil's an eye. Yeah, it's just a slipknot video, isn't it? A great 2014 15 slipknot video where it's pretty gruesome, has a, a proper through line and a symbolism to it and a message. And ultimately probably not going to be in the top sort of 10 slipknot songs of all time but a bloody good song and it's a
1: gruesome video without being cartoony as well because some bands would try and do that and it would just come across as silly
0: oh mick taking his mask off is disgusting yeah
1: yeah it's it's just done it's just it's it's got the hands of clown all over it so it's always going to have that integrity and that be part of that wider vision that he's always has for this band i guess alongside we, we always touch on remixes and covers as well mm. and there are no remixes to speak of um there are no sort of mainstream as it were covers of this but i did find a couple of interesting things oh, on God. youtube so the uh the drum cover by a guy called sit underscore boom where he's playing the drums for this dress as pennywise the clown yeah of course i'll have that take more of that please um the one that I'm not having though that can get in the bin is by something called the O'Keefe Music Foundation, which is a bunch of kids, and they're they're doing their band practice in their garage, and the dad of the singer is going off to work, and he's like, "Oh, hey guys, having a band practice? Are you? Have fun." And then he stops them way out and goes, "By the way, absolutely no Slipknot, lol." And then of course they play Slipknot. It's really bad. It <laughs> um, sounds
0: pretty terrible. Yeah, it made
1: me want to um to to punch this computer screen. So uh, no, that one can get in the bin. Um, and to be honest, I can't, I know I like to offer sort of suggestions for fantasy covers. I'm not really, I think, I don't think there's anyone I particularly want to see cover this song necessarily. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that this, that, that this would really work for, you know, you, I'd, I think if they did cover this, I'd like to see someone go really different on it. You know, yeah. like you know, like how Biffy Clyro did Body Holly and made it sound mm. really weird. Take that approach to it. Take it as a as a basic ingredient and completely rework it and see what you can do with it. Stone Sour. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs>
0: right, we need to give this its place
1: in the Slipknot ranking. We do. Score out of nine, please. So I'm giving it a five and a half um i think you've probably been able to tell i'm not as I'm not as warm on it as as the other ones we've covered so far there's plenty about it that is good and it's better than most bands will ever achieve in their career mm. but it's a slipknot we're talking about and certainly from the songs that we've done so far it's comfortably my least favorite i think
0: I'm i'm sort of roughly in the same sort of place as you but i think looking at some of the lyrics from the self-titled album and comparing it to the the lyrical craft on this has, has bumped it up a little bit. So I'm going to give it a six and a half. Okay. Um, where does that place us?
1: So that is 12 overall, which is, uh, so we've now got Kill Pop and Heretic Anthem Joint Top with 14 out of 18, then Purity with 13 and a half, and then The Devil and I with 12. So currently bottom of the league.
0: I think that's that's about right for where we're at at the moment. I think, I think so we'd, we'd agree that there are worse Slipknot songs to come. Yep. Um, and I, I think this is a good song. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. but just when you when you look into the detail of it, I think they've done better. Definitely, definitely. Right, that is the Devil in I by Slipknot. You can't kill me, it's produced by this decay and there's nothing you can do about it. Goodbye.